Hey everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. everybody and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Today's a special day. I'm finally going to be sharing with you guys how I gained and lost almost 100 pounds and I'm really excited to share this story with you. It's a very uh, personal story obviously and people have been asking me nonstop in person, online, in messages, all of the things, you know, people have been asking nonstop, what's your secret? How did you do it? And I'm excited to create this series for you because it's not just a one episode quick fix. It's not something that is, you know, a crazy magic formula. There is a formula I'm going to share with you, but you know, it's not something that is just a quick and easy thing. A lot goes into what I experienced and I'm excited to share with you the entire you know story from start to finish and it's never quite finished honestly and I'm just really excited to share it with you so this episode is part one of how I gained and lost almost a hundred pounds so I'm gonna go back in time and share with you how this all started a little bit about you know my journey with weight loss and um, I've struggled with my weight for a really long time as I'm sure many of you listening have struggled and I want to kind of go through and tell the story and really point out some specific areas that had to change and I'm sure you guys can relate I'm really grateful you all are here and I'm grateful I have somebody to share my story with so thank you again remember share this podcast share this education with everybody who would benefit from it uh, you know I love that the podcast is a free resource and you know something that can help elevate not only the beauty industry but help elevate others to live their best and most healthiest and happiest life so thank you guys again for listening I can't say thank you enough because you know I see the numbers I see the downloads I see the shares and I'm just like blown away by your support so Thank you again, and let's get started with how I gained and lost almost 100 pounds, part one. Before I start this episode, I want to let you guys know I, I'm getting a lot of inquiries for life and business coaching, and I have not yet made my coaching available to the public because I am so strapped on time that I only make it available to my mastermind members. And to be honest with you guys, I have not shared my links yet because I'm trying to get my perfect schedule in order. However, if you're looking to coach with me to join my community and to do, uh, you know, life and business coaching with me, there is that opportunity. I want you to go to my Instagram page and click the link in my bio. And on the first line, you're going to see join life and business coaching waitlist. And if you're interested and you're not in mastermind and you're not a hairstylist and you're interested in working with me, that opportunity is available. It's coming soon. I really just have to put myself first and make sure that my schedule is manageable for me. Um, I'm a very busy person. I'm doing a lot right now. And really the number one thing I'm doing is figuring out how much I can take on. So I have a lot of, uh, you know, things that I'm doing um, again, but I want to be there as a resource and I would love to do coaching with you, whether it's something that's group coaching, whether it's one-on-one coaching, but if you're not a hairstylist and you're listening to this, I am going to start serving people outside of the beauty community with coaching. I'm just kind of getting my ducks in a row. I'm just being honest and real with you guys. So if you're interested in working with me or if you're interested in any other health and wellness related content, please go to my Instagram at I am Gina Bianca, click the link in my bio. And on the first line, you're going to see join life and business coaching waitlist. So if you're not a hairstylist and you're looking to work with me, or if you're a hairstylist and you're only interested in coaching, please feel free to go and add yourself to that list so that I can communicate with you when those services do become available. So I just want to just start out um, sharing that because I have to get my ducks in a row. It's like a busy time of the year. We're in January. It's January 10th right now as I record this. And I just don't want to, you know, 
I just don't want to put it out to the public just yet. I really only want to work with people who are serious about change and who are serious about working with me and who see my value. Um, I don't want to put it out there to the public. So I have my mastermind group and that's more for hairstylists. A lot of people ask me, can I join mastermind if I'm not a hairstylist? And you can. But it's more for like hair business salon ownership. But if you're not a salon owner, maybe you're just a business owner who wants to benefit from my coaching, I am going to be offering things for you. I just have to give myself a little time. So add yourself to that wait list and I cannot wait to meet you. So let's get started about how I gained and lost almost 100 pounds. So I want to go back in time and I want to tell you my authentic story so you have a lot of context and I'm sure you all can relate. Um, some of you might be able to relate a lot to this and this series is going to be even more meaningful to you if you hear the whole story because, you know, I am not for everybody. You know, my story is not for everybody. This is not a quick fix. This is something that was transformative and life changing and I want to share it with you, but this is not a quick fix. So if you're looking for a quick fix, if you're looking for something that's easy, if you're looking for something inauthentic and some bullshit where I'm selling you some something, it is not the case. This is not for everybody. Okay, so I want to tell you my whole story and I want to see at what points you relate to me and I want to see at one points where I can connect with you and I can really help you make long lasting change. So this is completely free resource. I'm not going to leave out anything. I'm not going to say, hey, go sign up for the rest of it. You're going to get a lot of information and a lot of value from this podcast series. So if you haven't listened to episode number 31, that's the beginning of the series. That's uh, the one thing that can change everything. So that's the beginning and I believe we're going to have two or three more episodes that go with this so there's a lot you're going to learn from it and then if you want to work with me and coach with me for other things or if you're having trouble still you know that's where we can work together in the future but I hope that this will change your life okay I'm not over here going to give you bits and pieces I want to give you it all and I want to tell you my authentic story so hopefully you can change your life with it. So let's go back in time. Uh, growing up, I had always had issues with food, okay? I grew up with a lot of trauma. I had domestic violence in my family. My mom was working all the time to provide for us. Bless her heart, literally. She has been working nonstop her entire life to provide for our family. And uh, during that time, I was taking care of my brother and I. I was a young child, a young, young teenager cooking for us. And, you know, I have to be honest, you know, growing up with depression and growing up with so much trauma, I always look to food to numb the pain or to connect with myself. So I talk a lot about the six human needs. This is from Tony Robbins and my coaching training that I have focuses mainly on human needs psychology and it's all based on the six human needs so it's how we meet our needs either in a healthy or an unhealthy way and one of the needs is connection and love and for me how I was connecting with myself uh, was through food you know when you eat a lot you overeat all the blood rushes to your stomach you feel something right it's like eating to feel something and I have to be honest with you all and say that as a young child you know when you are eating to connect with yourself and to get that need for love which is a need that we are biologically wired to meet like we have to meet this need for love and connection when you use food to meet that need it is a very hard thing to stop doing. So from a young age, I was using food to connect with myself and meet that need. Another need that food can meet is variety. There's millions of kinds of food, all different flavors, all different things, all different textures. And if you are meeting your need for variety by always like being a foodie, right? So if we're a foodie, chances are food is meeting our need for variety. And that's another need that food can hit for us. And according to Tony Robbins, if a person, action, whatever meets three or more of your needs, it can become addicting. So another need that uh, food was meeting for me and meets for many other people is certainty. It is certain that we can go through the fast food uh, drive through It is certain that we can throw something in the microwave and it's ready in two minutes. It is certain that we can order on DoorDash. 
you know, food meets a lot of our needs. And if a certain action or person or whatever meets three of your needs, it can become hopelessly addicting. And it's even harder to break that habit. So the six human needs, if you're new to all of this, are certainty, uncertainty and variety, significance, love, growth, and contribution. And these are six universal human needs that all humans have. And over the last two years, as I complete my life coaching program through uh, Robin's Madonna's uh, coaching, I have transformed utilizing the six human needs. And this is what I help others uh, utilize to transform and create whatever transformation it is that they want in their life. And if you want to learn more about the six human needs, you know, Tony has tons of info on it, podcasts, all of that. Like it's no big secret. It is something that he teaches about all the time. So just a little bit of like, you know, background on what I'm talking about. So growing up from a very young age, I was addicted to food pretty much because it was meeting a lot of my needs. So growing up, this was a constant battle for me. It was a constant struggle. And I know that if you're listening to this, you might relate or you might know somebody who can relate that food is like an addiction. It's not something you're just like, I have to eat right now every single time. But it's something that is just your default, what you go back to and what helps you get through the day. And for many, it's what helps you feel something. It's very vulnerable for me to share this with you. So, um, you know, I'm feeling a little vulnerable right now. I'm feeling a little, you know, but I hope that um, I hope that I'm making sense. And I hope that, uh, you know, some of you are nodding your head or having a breakthrough about, you know, food. So I hope my sharing isn't going unnoticed. Ah! Anyway, I feel like when I feel that feeling of vulnerability, I feel like that's when I'm on the right track to doing something. So um, I hope that this podcast changes a lot of lives and that it helps a lot of people. Anyway, so growing up, food has always been a challenge for me. Now, getting to the age of like school, like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I was bullied relentlessly for being chubby bullied relentlessly from fifth grade bitch girls literally like I can't even but I was bullied relentlessly for being uh, chubby and it was worst moments of my life I I still have like flashbacks of someone saying something to me uh, in front of people or, or relentlessly bullying me and these traumas which are like little t traumas they're like little traumas Um, like interpersonal traumas it's not like a life-changing car accident or assault or something but these little traumas compounded over time create so much anxiety and stress and growing up dealing with this bullying um, I developed so much shame about myself like I was just ashamed to be alive Um, I was not okay And I was always, always, always stressed and feeling horrible about my weight and how I looked. Like I would look in the mirror and I would hate what I saw. Um, I would cry all the time. Like it was just like miserable with my weight. Uh, And I don't know if you can relate, which I'm sure I'm sure some of you can relate to everything that I'm saying. That's why I want to share the whole story, because for me, weight loss was like something that I needed to do. Um, for my health, but it was always hard for me to lose weight because it was just so ingrained in my life. It was so ingrained um, about food and shame because, you know, I was using food to meet my needs and I was also shamed for being overweight. So a lot of what I struggle with as a grown woman is embedded in me since childhood. So I hope that that makes sense. But anyway, so dealing with all of this shame dealing with all of the stress I developed an eating disorder and an eating disorder is not always starving yourself or putting your finger down your throat um, although I did both of those things Um, an eating disorder is basically your relationship with food and it's a lot of shame and it's a lot of um, it's just really difficult so um, struggling with an eating disorder since um, you know I even think eating to meet your needs is an eating disorder overeating binge eating purging starving yourself all of these things is a disorder with food so having an eating disorder for this long in my life uh, 
made it really difficult for me to lose weight, keep it off, and to have a healthy lifestyle. So, you know, all of this stemming from childhood trauma and childhood stress and bullying, I'm sure I'm not the only one. So when I started high school the summer before, um, I was sick of being bullied. I was completely done being bullied. I was like, I I refuse. So I was compulsively exercising. I was, um, you know, eating but then throwing up and uh, or starving. And I lost a lot of weight. So I would compulsively work out every single night. And I lost so much weight. I started high school. I was hot. Um, All the guys liked me. And I was popular and cool, whatever. But my eating disorder was the center of my life. I was sick all the time making myself sick all the time my relationship with food was absolutely like not okay and it was something that I struggled with all through high school then you know struggling with an eating disorder struggling with drugs and alcohol struggling with all of my addictions and this is all from unresolved trauma you know what I mean it all comes back to unresolved trauma and um, it's really important to take care of yourself and to resolve this trauma as an adult or else these demons will haunt you forever so um, one of the big things that helped me lose weight was dealing with my trauma going to therapy many of you know I went to treatment I shared on uh, the previous episode about my experience in treatment and uh, you know it was a lot more than the other tips and tricks I'm going to share with you but a lot of my issues with food stemmed from unresolved childhood trauma and bullying and all, all kinds of trauma so it wasn't just oh I love to eat it was more like this is meeting my needs and nobody really knows because I was never like super thin or super bony or anything that I was struggling with an eating disorder because eating disorders look different for everybody and if you're struggling with this you are not alone if you're struggling with this you are not alone I'm with you so high school comes and goes I'm struggling with my eating disorder I'm struggling with alcohol coke weed I'm struggling with all of these drugs and as some of you know if you've been following the podcast pretty hard or if you've heard me on other podcasts you know I didn't want to be bullied for being fat, but I ended up getting bullied relentlessly for every other thing you can think of. Like any mean thing you can say to a girl, slut, whore, anything. Like I was a target in my high school. Like people were so jealous of me. People were so relentless to me. Like people would spread these horrible rumors around me. Um, And it was just awful. Like it was really awful. And, um, you know, I ended up, you know, I was raped when I was in high school and I was relentlessly bullied for this. And I took all of my stress from these moments uh, and I dealt with them in horrible, unhealthy ways. So with my eating disorder, with drugs, with alcohol, and, you know, I had no healthy outlets. You know, I played soccer growing up um but I quit soccer I was bullied off of the team from these horrible horrible mean girls and like if you list a lot of you guys like listen to my stuff and like you know who you are I forgive you but like it's part of my story so I mean anyways I was like in high school like all of my childhood trauma all of my bad habits all of my you know addictions and coping mechanisms were compounding year over year like every year you don't get help it compounds and gets harder and it gets harder and it gets harder like the longer you have a habit the harder it is to break right so yeah anyway high school came and went and all of these habits and everything kind of followed me into my hair career and um you know i start working uh, as a stylist i went to beauty school started working as a stylist and then i started working in a bar um and kind of navigating stumbling through life still struggling with the eating disorder i still struggle with the eating disorder today uh, but one of my bottom lines that i do not want to do especially out of being out of treatment and like kind of having all of this treatment for myself and to be better Um, I really do not want to purge or compulsively eat or um, binge eat. Those are like my bottom lines that like I do not want to do. So I haven't done them since I got back from treatment, which is great. I'm really proud of myself for that. It's a huge win, Um, but it's something that I still struggle with today. So it's not like you're ever cured. It's a struggle every day. And a lot of my addictive behaviors come from my overworking and my, uh, my stress from work and from 
all kinds of things. So like my unresolved trauma would cause stress and this stress would transform into something to numb it out, which would be food, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever you want to say. You know, those are the things that that we use to deal with stress because addiction is really just like poorly handled stress, right? So um, I'm still struggling with it today. So I can't really say like I struggled with the eating disorder from this time to this time because it's still a constant struggle and if you're struggling with an eating disorder you know what I'm talking about and like I said an eating disorder is not always starving yourself or putting your finger down your throat an eating disorder is an unhealthy relationship with food no matter what it is so um high school came and went I'm in uh I'm a stylist I'm working in a bar stumbling through life And I ended up getting into a relationship and I'm not going to dwell on this relationship because it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best, but it really did not. um, It was not good for my mental health because I was with somebody who is an okay person, but their expectation of me was not what I could be. So I was trying to be perfect all the time. My eating disorder in this relationship was times a thousand. I was throwing up after almost every single meal uh, because the person wanted me to look smaller and wanted me to look different. And like, like it was just so hard for me to be that person. Um, because you know with my height my build like who I am like I couldn't get lower than a certain weight so the lowest weight I remember being in that relationship was like 130 pounds and that's pretty small you know so um in that relationship it was really hard for me I tried so many diets I was doing cleanses all the time I was doing like so many different things and my eating disorder my relationship with food was the worst from 2012 to 2016 so it was four years of like full on like the worst relationship with food ever I hated it I hated that every time I ate I felt guilty I felt I hated that every time I felt like I ate too much I would feel like the compulsive need to purge I felt um I hated always being on a diet like food ran my whole life I hated it like I could cry thinking about how much food ran my whole life and um I hated it. (laughs) It was awful. And I know that so many people today, especially with the pressure of social media, the pressure of relationships, the pressure of bullying, the pressure of just like, you know, trauma and how you see yourself. I know that I'm not alone with this. And I know people struggle with this all the time. And I really like, I just want to put my heart there for you because I know how it feels. So um, once and in that relationship, I was also sober. So I built my salon. I got a lot done. I, you know, was taking care of my body in some ways and um, not in others. So during that time, I was sober, which I think had a big reason uh, with why I was so small. Um, in that relationship, I think, you know, from start to finish, I, I lost 15, 20 pounds. You know, I was like maybe at 150, ended up at 130. And, you know, I'm 5'6". So it's pretty normal weight. It's not fat. It's not skinny. It's it's just like a normal healthy weight. But, um, you know, with my relationship with food in the past and eating, like I was always like a little bit bigger. Like I was always like 20 pounds overweight. And um, that was like not okay in that relationship, which was, you know, where I was in that time. And um, it was really hard to deal with. It was really hard. To deal with and it, it took a huge toll on my mental health and you know when I went to treatment a huge part of um, my trauma is food related um, and it, that's why it's kind of like a lot to share this and that's kind of why like when people ask me how did you lose weight it's really hard because you know a lot of it wasn't healthy you know what I mean like I lost a lot of weight but some parts of it I was starving parts of it I was obsessively working out and I'm not here to give you quick fix advice and I'm not here to give you advice that's like bullshit do you know what I mean so I want to make sure I'm giving like real vulnerable advice and telling the whole story before I just post something that could get a lot of likes you know what I mean that's why I wanted to do it on the podcast and that's why like when you guys message me and ask me I'm like it's a long story so when I got out of that relationship, one of the big things that changed it, that changed for me was that I started drinking again. So I got out of the relationship in late 2015 and the first thing I did when I got out of the relationship is I went and had a beer with 
one of my friends and I started drinking again and when I was uh just out of that relationship I was about 135 140 pounds um because towards the end I was just doing I was eating whatever I wanted and I was just kind of like I'm out of this and you know it was kind of like I had already started putting my health last. Like I was already in mourning mode of the relationship. Like I was like mourning the relationship. I was processing it and, you know, kind of dealing with it in my own way. And as you guys know, my relationship with food from the beginning was not healthy. So, you know, now that I wasn't cooking and doing all of the things that I was doing, I was kind of eating whatever I wanted and I started drinking. And after I started drinking, I put on at least like 20 pounds within the first month or two and it's not a lot but it was kind of all over my body so I didn't really realize I was losing or I was gaining weight but I was so um during that time also I think it's worthy to add in I was a salon owner with an expanding salon so my salon was Gina Bianca hair we were open for I believe 12 we were open for three years and we were expanding. So I literally was working nonstop full time. I was seeing five clients an hour. I was working 14 hour days and everything I had was in the salon. Like my whole life savings, everything I had was in the salon. We were just doing the expansion. I spent $100,000 on this expansion and I was trying my best to not be in debt. So I was like, work, 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 work. I had so many bills. I just got a new apartment. I was living outside my means and getting out of that relationship I kind of was just like stumbling through life again um, I picked up the same pattern as before and there's so much to that pattern that I could add but it's for another episode <laughs> I don't know if I will ever share but it's just a lot like my pattern was completely unhealthy it was just like living like a rock star, sex, drugs, rock and roll, literally like nonstop uh, numbing out my emotions and feelings and it just was not good. It was just not good. And as soon as I got out of the relationship, I was doing the same thing, except I was working, working, working on top of everything. So it's work, 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 drugs, alcohol, partying, no sleep, eating like shit. And it was just kind of like back to the usual thing, stumbling through life. That's what I'm gonna call it, stumbling through life. So if you're stumbling through life, let me know. Um, Cause you're not alone. You're not alone. And it's just, it's how we manage stress. Most of us have grown up with no, no one has taught us how to properly manage stress. Like nobody has taught us. And like, I love my mom. My mom is everything to me, but my mom had very little choices. You know, she left a relationship that was abusive and she worked to support us. You know, she didn't have very many choices. So I was left to figure it out. And I would not be the woman I am today if I had everything I needed growing up. I would not be the woman I am today if I had everything I needed growing up. And I'm proud of the woman that I am. And I'm never going to talk bad about my mom. Um, but I'm going to say a lot of us grew up in a similar situation. A lot of us grew up with a similar situation or worse. It's literally not common to have worse than what I'm talking about. And then if you have everything you need, if your life is perfect, that's also dysfunctional. There's no such thing as perfect. And we all go through our own adversity, whatever that may be. You know, someone may have the perfect life growing up. It might be the most perfect thing you've ever seen, but they were sexually molested one time. And that ruined everything for them about their self-worth and just because they have everything they need growing up that one trauma the big t trauma that kind of trauma is called a big t trauma that could change everything for somebody so you never know what people are struggling with you never know what people are going through and i think that's why i want to do life and business coaching so much because like i want to help people make transformation and that's why i'm putting so much work into myself so i could help people make that transformation Whew. oh my god so gotta catch my breath you guys know when I talk fast, it's because it's coming straight from my fucking heart. Okay, so I'm sorry if I'm talking really, really, really fast, but it's coming straight from my fucking heart. And I love you guys so much. And thank you for listening to this. This is like almost like therapy for me. Like I said to you guys, it's like, um, you know, I feel really vulnerable and like weird and icky right now, but I know it's for a purpose. Like I know it's for the right reasons. And I know that, um, I know that this will make a difference. So, whew just got to catch my breath. All right. So I'm newly single, partying a lot, drinking a lot, 
working a lot and I don't know about you guys but when you work a lot sometimes it's really hard to make healthy choices while eating um you know (laughs) oh my god I was eating like such shit and when I was drinking I was drinking like espresso martinis long island iced teas I was drinking like sugary drinks like I wasn't drinking like a vodka soda like I was drinking like drinking okay like we could party um (laughs) not glamorizing it because I don't drink anymore I'm sober now um but during that time I was not healthy I was stumbling through life and thank god I met Steve. I met Steve about four months after um, after my last relationship ended, and I hopped right into that relationship. Like when I met Steve, it was like when I when I saw him, I was just like, I'm gonna marry him. Like I knew, and I don't even think he listens to this, so <laughs> I don't even care how creepy I sound. But like, I knew that he was the one for me, and I jumped right into that relationship, and. It was great. Um, we we moved in together shortly after, um, but during that time, before I was living on my own in West Hartford, I had like a really nice apartment, and I wasn't making healthy choices while eating at all. So, flash forward to when Steve and I met, um, my lease ended up getting canceled because my landlord wanted to sell her apartment. So I ended up moving in with one of my girlfriends, Ashley, and uh, then Steve and I started getting more serious and uh, it was a lot of drinking. You know, he drank a lot when we first got together. I was drinking and partying a lot. My friend Ashley drank and partied a lot and we were all kind of just like living our best life, but like not in a healthy way. Right. So um, and I'm still really good friends with Ashley. She's one of my closest, closest friends and um, (laughs) no regrets at all. But we were drinking a lot. We were killing bottles of wine like I was killing like a bottle of wine every night just to myself and you know if that's something that you do if you drink a lot of wine wine is straight sugar you guys I believe truthfully that 60 pounds of my weight gain was from drinking wine every night like we were drinking every single night eight dollar bottle of wine every single night and that put on 60 pounds to my body So, um, you know, we were drinking a ton and I have pictures of myself and you can see the weight come on. So after me and Steve met, you know, all of us drank a lot and we were all just kind of living our lives. And four months after meeting him, I have pictures of myself and I'm looking at him right now as we speak. You know, I I can see, uh, you know, the weight, you know, my arms especially and all over my body. Um, I was gaining weight, but I didn't really notice it is all like is the thing like I didn't really notice it. So um, it was just it was just a lot and it was a lot of changes, too, because after, you know, um, Steve and I had met and I moved in with my friend Ashley, we all had our leases end at the same time. And I decided to buy a two family house and we all moved in together. Even my mom and brother moved in with us on the second on the first floor because I bought a two family Um, and we were all like, just, it it was a great time. I have no regrets from it, but we were definitely drinking a lot. I was trying to impress Steve all the time. So I was cooking nonstop and, you know, to cook for that many people is a lot of pasta. It was a lot of like, you know, unhealthy food. So looking, uh, four months after we had met and then four months after I was gaining a lot of weight and I asked my mom, I, I looked at her one day because I was doing a lot of content creation at work like I was doing a lot of stuff on Instagram and I was I was still working a lot during all this so I asked my mom because I saw pictures of myself and I looked big right like I looked way bigger than I normally look um you know I seeing pictures of myself I was so self-conscious and hated any photo of me like I felt like the camera made me look fat I like had not fully accepted that I was putting on a lot of weight because I wasn't eating a lot of food like I wasn't binging like I had been in the past I was just drinking a lot and eating like shit so I would eat like you know I would eat pasta instead of a vegetable you know what I mean and um I was just like you know, I hadn't fully accepted that I was putting on the pounds. And I can't say in my heart that like I didn't see it because if if you look at all the facts, like for example, like I saw myself in photos and I was like, damn, I look different. Like, um, you know, when I had people film for me, I only had them film my hands. So they weren't filming me 
at all. It was just my hands and I didn't want to face it. So I was running from it in many different ways. Uh, when recording content, I would only film my hands. And around this time, I was growing really big on Instagram. Like I wasn't teaching just yet, but I was working towards it. And I was working really hard to achieve my goals of becoming an educator. Um, I'm going to share an interview on this podcast that I just recently did with Salon Su- Success Revolution about my growth on social media because it was not a mistake. It was very hard work and it was a strategy that I used. But during all of this time of my weight gain, okay, I wasn't just like casually living life. I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week. I was full time on social media and um, in a new relationship, drinking a lot and uh, eating a lot. Like it was just a lot of things happening. It wasn't just like, you know, what you eat in private, you wear in public. It was like a lot of things happening. And if you're a busy person, if you're working a lot, especially the hairdressers who listen to me, like I know the struggle of getting out of work at 9 p.m., shoving 1800 calories in your mouth, going to sleep and starting your day with the Dunkin' Donuts. You know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So at this point in the story, if you're following along really closely, you'll notice that a lot of things had changed. So I left one relationship where I was constantly under a microscope for my weight and uh, my eating disorder was full-fledged. Then I was like out of the relationship and I was like, fuck it, doing whatever I wanted. And instead of using my eating disorder to numb the pain, I was drinking to numb the pain. Okay, so I replaced my, uh, you know, other unhealthy habits with new unhealthy habits. So I was drinking wine, um, partying a lot. I was working a ton, like working so much. And when you're working a ton, all of that stress has to be dealt with. And we deal with it sometimes in unhealthy ways. One healthy way we could deal with it is working out. But I was killing a bottle of wine every night, okay? So if you notice from the beginning of this episode into now, you'll notice a lot of things were changing and my body was under a ton of change. My life was changing. My body was changing. And um, anyway, one day my clothes would not fit like my regular jeans would not fit anymore. Um, And I had I had gone up 60 pounds. So my mom was at my house and I was like, mom, did I get fat? And she said her response literally was like, you know, it came on really fast And I was devastated, like to have somebody else tell me. And if you see somebody in front of you gaining a lot of weight, but they don't seem to notice, like in the kindest way possible, say, hey, are you okay? Like, are you making time for yourself? Like, talk with them if you can. Don't be like, hey, you're getting fat because that could be so triggering for somebody. But like nobody told me. And I knew, but if somebody had like expressed any concern for my health, maybe I would have noticed quicker. But it's on you to notice, honestly, and it was on me. I don't want to blame somebody else for it, please. Like, I do not want to blame somebody else. I don't want to, like, give that blame away. But, you know, it, it was, it, it finally had hit me that, like, all right, I'm gaining weight. And the reason I want to share with you how I gained the weight is because a huge part of how I gained the weight I had to address before I lost the weight. So... Yeah, I had gotten on the scale. I gained about 60 pounds. Um, Still was eating, snacking a lot, drinking a lot, and I was working nonstop. Um, I started my day every day with a large iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, a bacon, egg, and cheese from Dunkin' Donuts, and I would either go all day without eating or I would slam 1,800 calories before going to bed. Um, or we would eat unhealthy food in the salon. Like we would order from the pizza place downstairs and eat shit. You know what I mean? And I know y'all can relate if you're a hairstylist. Like it's maybe not every hairstylist. A lot of us have this same unhealthy cycle. And I'm telling you right now that Dunkin' Donuts you drink in the morning is the start of your problems. Getting rid of that Dunkin' Donuts, one of the main major keys because what you start with in the morning, you crave all day. What you start with in the morning, you crave all day. Now, every single morning, I make a healthy but huge breakfast. So it might not be the perfect healthy breakfast with a freaking bowl of cottage cheese or whatever people eat. Like, no, I eat like a big, healthy, hearty breakfast, bacon, eggs, cheese. Um, Sometimes I'll have toast, but a lot of times I'll just make hash browns. And that's like my cheat that I always eat is the hash browns because it's something good. But um, that Dunkin' Donuts... Oh my God, that Dunkin' Donuts with the fake sugar and the amount of calories and like 
pure not goodness in that Dunkin Donuts I feel like was one of the main keys of my problem I would also get a bacon egg and cheese and start my day on like heavy heavy carbs and artificial like fake you know I didn't cook for myself I didn't do anything natural or cook or you know what I mean like I buy organic like natural good food and um was not doing that at all and part of the reason I make breakfast every morning is I feel like it's my one step of taking care of myself through the beginning of the day and me and Steve uh, have breakfast together in the morning but you know I was that's how I was starting and ending my day eating tons of calories when I got home because I was starving from work and because obviously food still meets my needs so all the stress I dealt with at work that day would deal with it when I got home probably eating You know what I mean? Eating and drinking. It meets our needs. It becomes addicting and it becomes a habit. When you're used to doing it every day, when you're around other people that do it, perfect recipe to gain weight. And I am not saying other people are the source of my problems. Actually, like my roommate's very healthy and Steve is like, eh, he's a boy. So they eat whatever they want and are fine. But, you know, the drinking, the eating at work and the way I had my habits. So starting my day with something unhealthy and ending my day binging and dealing with my stress with food and alcohol definitely was a huge reason I put on a lot of weight. So yeah, the cycle is real. All of the food was like a reward for all of the hard work I was doing and it was like a five minute pleasure for hours and hours of pain because you know working in the salon on your feet all day I was you know a salon owner as well dealing with like not only my clients not only my staff but my staff's clients the brand the marketing all of the little issues that go on and it was just like so much stress and how I was dealing with it was with food and alcohol and it was a really bad routine it was a really bad routine and looking back on it now hindsight's 2020 I could see it clearly now but in the moment I was just on a hamster wheel with no intention of getting off sometimes when the stress would get really bad I would go back to purging but it wasn't an all-the-time thing um, but sometimes I would go back to it and uh, it's not my proudest moments you know I still feel so much shame for it but that's just part of the eating disorder and uh, you know it is what it is you know that's part of my story and the reason it's part of my story is because I'm meant to share it and uh, that's what I'm doing here so during all of this time um, I had realized okay I'm gaining a lot of weight I realized okay it's not happening by accident definitely coming from the wine, definitely coming from my eating, definitely coming from, you know, my habits and not where I wasn't working out at all. You know, I was working so hard during the day. I was so tired. I could not work out. You know, I was working 14 hour days on my feet and as much of a workout as that is, it's not a workout. You know, it's not getting your heart rate to the place it needs to be to actually like do anything good for you. Um, I wanted to make a change. I can't tell you enough like how badly I wanted to change but I was exhausted by the end of the day and I wasn't so in demand as a stylist that like there was no time for me to take time and you know I had that story of you know I need to keep going I have to reach my goals nobody else can take care of my clients I'm the best if I say somebody else if I say no somebody else is gonna say yes and the salon will lose business Uh, I don't have time, I'll do it later. Who am I kidding? It's gonna take years to get this weight off and I don't have time to dedicate to it. These were my stories. I have to focus on work. My number one excuse was I don't have time. My number one excuse was I don't have time. And how many of y'all can relate to that? How many of you guys can relate to, I don't have time, I'll do it later. You put yourself last so that everything else can come first. But newsflash, you guys, if you're fucking dead, you can't take care of all the things that you want to take care of. I had gotten to the point, uh, you know, long time ago, uh, a year and a half ago, I ended up in the emergency room with chest pain. And I was like, I might die. You know, I was traveling nonstop, drinking nonstop, smoking weed nonstop, you know, uh, I was not okay (laughs) and I was putting myself completely last so everything else could come first 
If you haven't listened to episode number 31, that is the place you're supposed to start with this series. So go back and listen to it after this episode. You don't have to do it in any order. I would say, you know, listen to the listen to this one and then the next episode in order if possible. But yeah, super, super strong story in my head of, you know, I'll do it later. I got to focus on work. I'm almost to my goal. I'll do it later. How many of you guys are saying this to yourself over and over and over? You could be living the life that you want. You could look the way that you want. You could be healthy. You could live longer life. You could set a better example for your children if you put yourself first, right? All right, back to the episode. (laughs) So keep in mind, I was an employee-based salon owner. I was expanding my business. I was training my staff. I was full-time booked behind the chair. my part-time that was my part-time job the rest of my job was editing posting and engaging with all of you trying to become who you see here today I wanted to be known I wanted to be famous I wanted to be big like Larissa like Lala like as confessions of a hairstylist as Guy Tang like I wanted to be like them I saw them doing it I was watching and I was repeating it to see what would stick and all of this time if you remember if you followed me since the hair doctor If you followed me since the hair doctor, you know that I rarely showed myself. I only showed my hands. And that was because I was so traumatized from being bullied. I didn't think I could handle the trolls online, which, you know, I don't care who you are to be trolled is a horrible, horrible experience. And I hate it. And um, now I literally just block 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 and then if any if if anything I just turn off the comments because you know I'm not here for your opinion Uh, I'm here to make a statement and I don't give a fuck about a troll's opinion at all I do not give a fuck and even though I say this I'm still a human being okay so I was terrified of being trolled of having anyone say anything about my weight because of my past traumatic experience with bullying even today, if someone says something, it still triggers me because of my history. So after hearing this up into this moment, learning more about my history, can't you understand why it would be triggering? You know what I mean? So I'm just a person sharing my story vulnerably, trying to help people. That's who I am. I was so busy. So, um, yeah, I feel like when we feel out of control in our lives, which I totally felt out of control, like, you know, with my health, I, I, I knew something had to change. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to do anything like I didn't have the energy. Um, so I feel like when we feel out of control in our lives, even in relationships, you know, we automatically look for ways to meet our needs by doing things we know we can be successful at. So when I was working and doing hair and building on Instagram and doing things that I loved, I felt happy. I would go home and had a great relationship and I love him so much. He never even like mentioned me gaining weight. You know, he proposed to me when I was at my heaviest, and I love Steve so much. He's, like, the most amazing person ever. Like, he doesn't see me as what you guys see me as. He just sees me as me, like, who I really am and, you know, in my heart. You know what I mean? I'm very real for you guys, but, you know, he never even mentioned my weight gain to me and uh, loved me no matter what. But, you know, I would go home and feel like a failure. Like, I would look in the mirror and just feel like who am I like I look like who I look like now like that's who I I felt like I am but it was just covered by something else like I just didn't feel I didn't feel like myself that makes sense so all of this happening I totally escaped from that feeling by diving into my work And I feel like I truly lost my identity and who I was. And if you listen to a lot of my content, I always say be yourself. Like put yourself first, find out who you are and be yourself. Because that is one of the ways I lost weight and found myself. And who you see here today is who I am. 
because like I lost my identity and I was covering up my pain with all of my addictions. And I really feel like, you know, when we lose ourselves, the first thing we have to do if we want to live our best life is find ourselves. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about how to do that in another episode included in this series because I do have another outline for an episode with a lot more strategies for you coming but I think you need context like I really think the best way to do this is this way so you have all the context and um, I'm not here for quick fix you guys but once you can you know hear my whole story and how it really happened then uh, everything else will make more sense and you'll have something to anchor it to something to you know refer back to like oh this is why and you know it could relate to your life and it'll be more meaningful because uh yeah that's how I want to do it so at this point you know gaining weight totally escaping from myself totally miserable depressed purging here and there Uh, So I tried some quick fixes and if you are a quick fix type person, you know it doesn't work, but it's something that you can do to kind of like shake things up from your routine and try, you know, maybe you have some kind of miracle, but you know, I tried the teas, I tried cleanses and I tried hardcore workouts like CrossFit and stuff like CrossFit style. You know what I mean? Like those really hardcore workouts where, you know, like if you're out of shape, you walk in and you just want to freaking die after because you're just like, I'm such a failure. Yeah, I did that. Um, I ended up feeling like shit because I didn't enjoy any of that exercise. I didn't, you know, have any results from the quick fixes and they weren't for me. So I always talk about having quick wins and in my coaching with hairstylists, a lot of my coaching is about quick wins. So like how can you get um, quick wins right now because it will help you get momentum, right? It's like a snowball effect. So when you have quick losses, it's almost more, it's way, it's worse, it's so bad. Um, So my story started to compound and my story was, you know, this is who I am now Maybe this is what I'm meant to look like, you know, uh, my, maybe this is just me. Maybe at 26, uh, it's hard for me to lose weight. Maybe it's my genetics. Uh, you know, my story was compounding now where I start justifying it even more and my story became stronger because I didn't want to deal with those quick losses. At those losses, I didn't want to deal with them. I didn't want to lose again and feel worse, you know. So my brain, my ancient fucking brain, is trying to justify and keep myself safe and protect me from pain. So it's saying, you know, this is what you're supposed to look like. It's okay rubbing my back. This is what my brain is doing. You know, it's just hard to lose weight. There there are big women who are beautiful. And, you know, I think women are beautiful in all sizes, shapes, everything, okay? Uh, my brain is telling me, you know, there are beautiful women who are plus size. You don't have to be a twig, you know, and just protecting me from this pain. And the story was repeated so many times in my head that I did something that I'm not proud of. And I believe that this was the catalyst of my downward spiral. That is all the time I have for today, but I'm going to pick up right here next week on the Gina Bianca podcast. Thanks for listening.